Konnichiwa. And hey, y'all. I'm Leslie. And I'm Laurie. Welcome to Sumo, sumo Kaboom. Kaboom, where we talk about all things sumo, our love of sumo, the wrestlers, and lastly, actually, sumo. Sumo. Yeah, newsflash. Do, 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 do. All right, let's talk about some news. I have to say in the world, there's been quite a bit of news, and we've been tuned into it pretty much nonstop. Oh, that kind of news. Yes, we have been nonstop. I am going to bring you a little bit of news that you kind of already know from last time's news, which was Asanoyama was given the promotion to Ozeki. And the news is he actually had the ceremony and everything. Yeah, and he made a speech just last week. I told you he had earned the promotion, and I didn't know the ceremony would actually happen so quickly. Yeah, within a couple of days of the tournament, right? I guess so. They don't wait around, I guess. But I did a little research, and he's holding up a big fish. <gasps> and Yay! I, figured I didn't out, see that picture! Yeah, I figured out what it was, what, what that's all about. Tell me, tell me, tell me. I'm dying to well, know. Well, first I'll tell you, the last Ozeki to be promoted was Takakesho in 2019. So is the first, actually, from his hometown of Toyama in 111 years. Oh. Yeah. No wonder he had a big smile on his face. Yeah, so it's the second highest rank in sumo, if some of you are just joining us in this episode. And he said during his speech, this is from Kyoto News, the reality is gradually sinking in. It's been one of my dreams since I made my professional debut, but I didn't think that I'd become an Ozeki so soon. I want to become an Ozeki who is respected and looked up to as a role model. Oh, that's sweet? yeah. His coach gave him a 100 out of 100 for his hard work and oh. dedication. Well, that's nice of your coach to say that. that sweet? Asanoyama also said he hopes to do his coach proud before his 65th birthday, which is when uh, coaches have to retire. Like, they just have to. Oh, there's an age limit? Yeah, 65. And they have a ceremony upon turning 65, and they're out of the business. I don't know why it's so uh, cutthroat. Like, they were like, nope, 65. Like, you're an old man. It's time to go. Get out of here. So Asanoyama was nervous during his speech, but he said he wanted to be confident when stating that his aim is for Yokozuna by December, if that's even possible. What? Because, and well, he tipped his hat to former sumo great Tachiyama, the famous 22nd Yokozuna from his hometown of Toyama. And I think he wants to do that in December because of his coach retiring upon his 65th oh, birthday. Oh, I see. So that's his dream. Yeah. Oh, that's a great dream. Yeah, I, I think wish so him too. all the luck in the world. I think so. So Asanoyama held up the Great Fish of Victory is what it's called. <laughs> the Great Fish of Victory. Yeah, a little bit of history while we're here since we've been wondering about that. Yes. Okay. This the, top shelf fish. Yes. The Great Fish of Victory, as it's translated, is also called a Thai fish or sea bream or red sea bream or yeah oh it's only one kind of fish Uh, yeah thai fish t-a-i okay basically it's a highly flavored fish it's not it looks kind of like a red snapper but it's not because the flavor is far superior any of our listeners know a lot about sea bream versus snapper we'd love to hear your info Uh, what do you bet is like a primo sushi fish it is that's what that's what i was about to say okay it's a highly favored fish in japanese cuisine and often thought of as the best of the best like Uh, many people have them to celebrate a big occasion weddings birth of a baby or to celebrate just something really big kind of like how we do with like a filet mignon you know yeah 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 big side of beef is what we do here in texas (laughs) yeehaw 
But they do fish. It's a bit healthier over there. Yeah, it is called the King of Fish, and it has been prized for thousands of years, and it was an annual offering made to the emperor. So Asanoyama's fish looked a lot like a red sea bream. Since I don't eat seafood, it's really hard for me to just look at a fish and be like, that's a sea bream, that's a snapper. That's obviously. Yeah. I just was going off the red color, because they're usually that reddish color. Yeah, but not always. Like, oh. Yeah, some of the other guys have more of like a a gray looking one and it's huh. a sea, there's just different types of Thai fish, the great fish of victory, but they're all in a category of sea bream, I believe. Or I'm making it all up. <laughs> That's the other thing. All right, uh, let's move on a little bit to the coronavirus in Japan. It's projected to get a little bit worse, and they haven't had a crazy influx of cases like we have due to Japanese customs of not handshaking. They they don't do as much hugging, and they wear a lot of face masks. So oh, they haven't because we hug and we shake hands. Mm -hmm. It's making it worse. Basically, we're much grotier. That's what the what the news is. I'm telling you, we're we're far grosser. We're dirtier people. people. We are. But the numbers are expected to skyrocket and as they have everywhere else, unfortunately. So who knows about the situation going forward of the May Ba show? Hopefully now though the wrestlers can maintain their health, but I, I think it's gonna be really, really hard because now that they've kind of been released back to their bayas and back their to stables, the wild. back to the wilds. <laughs> well, it's that's gonna the thing. be a I lot was, harder to maintain. Their I was health. thinking because they especially the gentlemen of lower rank, mm-hmm. they're all living in one room together. Yeah. And they can't separate them that much. They just don't have the space to do it. So yeah, and I, I thought the I other end- day, what's going to happen if like one young man in one of those stables comes down with it? They're all going to come down with it. Right. Well, they have canceled a good number of the upcoming tour and festival things that they would normally do, yeah. that they would hang out with other wrestlers from the different clans, essentially. Okay. There won't be as much crossover, but they haven't been in lockdown like we have. They're expecting the numbers to climb. So who knows what the next tournament's going to look like, but that's where they're at. Tell me about the festivals that we would be seeing at this time of year. All right. I would like to take a little moment in time, like I always do, to talk about something historical in sumo that I find kind of fascinating and cool. And I've always seen pictures of sumo wrestlers holding babies. And I always thought it had to be just because of the obvious similarity in clothing and tubbiness. <laughs> but, but, like, put them together. Yeah, it's like Two an for opportune one photo, you know, op. But chubby baby, chubby man. Yeah, but there's actually much, much, much more. And so I want to talk to you about a festival that has been going on for over 400 years. It happens every April. And it always seems to feature these sumo wrestlers holding crying babies. And Please I thought, tell why, why are there so many babies <laughs> crying? And here's the answer. The Nakazumo Crying Baby Festival happens every year in April, like I said, at the Sinshoji Temple in Tokyo. And there are many smaller town versions of the festival that happen around the same time, but this is the biggest one. Okay. And the festival is an opportunity for all those with babies to ward off demons and bad spirits, but also to honor an old Japanese proverb that says, Naku kawa sodatsu, which means crying babies grow fat. Oh, which crying babies mm, grow fat. Yeah, which would have probably been a very good thing 
years ago. Because oh, that's true. Yes. Skinny babies, although normal now, probably meant far worse in olden times. And a famine or a bad harvest could have made a skinny baby a sad thing to see. So a fat baby is a healthy baby and it has a big spirit like a sumo wrestler. Oh, Yeah. This festival is a unique Japanese tradition. And although, look, it's a little kooky. Well, how does it work? Well, it's steeped in tradition, first and foremost. And I I like the fact that it's unique to Japan. Mm-hmm. Obviously, people genuinely love the tradition and honor of it. And the babies don't seem to be too traumatically altered afterwards. <laughs> well, and those of us online really love it as well. Because yes. we get to see all the great photos. Yes. And some babies, they actually just sleep right through it. So it's done in a fun and happy spirit with the parents and the wrestlers and all the onlookers. So basically... In a nutshell, yeah. parents bring their babies to the festival. They pay up to $140. That's the U.S. Okay. conversion. Equivalent. Yeah. For the opportunity to have a sumo wrestler, an amateur sumo wrestler, hold their baby and make them cry for good fortune. So how do they make them cry? Well, I'll tell you in a second. Oh, okay. Sorry, their, I'm jumping in. Their piercing wails are meant to drive away bad spirits lurking around us. Okay, so the large crowd watches adoringly as many, many wrestlers, their hair is short. That's how you know that they're sumo wrestlers oh, that are amateurs. Okay. They don't have the top knot. Anyway, right. they parade in holding a baby and the gyoji yells, Hakyoi, which means put some spirit into it. Yeah, that's the same thing they yell in the ring. Right. So a referee is basically standing in the middle. There's two sumo wrestlers, each holding a baby. And it's a competition. Just No, like, you yes. are kidding me. No, just like a sumo match. Who can make the baby cry first? Yes, and loudest. And they also, they drum these really loud drums. They beat on the drums. So there's lots of noise and lots of rattling. And the babies, I mean, the wrestlers, they just kind of hold the babies in their arms and they lightly jiggle them up and down, <laughs> trying to make them cry, you know, before their opponent does. Yeah. And it's, the gyoji is the one who has the really tough job because they're the ones shouting at the baby, cry, cry, cry. That's awful. And usually the babies cry pretty quick, but sometimes, like I said, sometimes they just sleep right on through it. They're not bothered. On occasion, if they really can't get that baby to cry, they'll put on this demon mask, which is... um, The sumo wrestler or the baby? No, the gyoji. Oh, the gyoji puts on a demon mask. Yeah, and gets right up in the baby's face. Oh my goodness. It tries to scare the baby, and that usually does it in a snap. And the parents are what, taking photos through all this? Oh, they're loving it. They're loving every second of it. This is considered a good, good fortune. Yeah. Because if you're baby is spirited and crying and everything that means a good fortune for their future so they want the babies to cry and they've been doing this for 400 years so i figure at this point (laughs) it's not all that bad and like i said i really love that this is a unique tradition that's been honored and it's always done in this light-hearted manner so so it's two at a time Two sumo wrestlers, mm-hmm. two babies, and their parents are in front. I'm assuming mm-hmm. taking pictures like this is a yeah. meeting with Santa Claus or yeah. something. And usually the babies start crying the second they leave their mom's arms oh, okay. anyway. You know, they're yeah. just like, what am I doing? I'm here. This is Who is this guy? And the wrestlers just kind of like hold them and jiggle and go up and down. And sometimes if the baby looks at them, they might make a goofy face or something. But it's really a lot of the Gyoji's job to, who's the referee, yeah. to really make them cry. But it seems pretty simple. And now, then once you get both of them crying, then the sumo wrestlers walk off and it's time for two new two ones. Two new babies. And this yeah. happens all day? Oh yeah, up to 160 one-year-olds were born in 2018 competed this last year. Oh, so they have to be 
one or below. No, I believe you can't like send your ten year old up there. No, they have to have turned one years old, so they don't send brand new, brand new baby. I was just picturing some parents being like, "You're eleven, just get up there." I want. We need some good fortune. Play way too many video games. And uh, if also if it's a tie, then it's the loudest baby. Oh, the loudest. Yeah, that gets the win. And what's so cute is that the parents dress the babies up in little sumo outfits. So they have little miniature. Yeah, keshomawashis. And they have little headbands on. And they dress like mini sumo wrestlers. It's the cutest, (laughs) like, thing. Them in traditional clothing, miniaturized. It's just the the greatest thing. It actually sounds adorable. It really does. I think it's always fun to see sumo wrestlers in this light. You know, they are fierce warriors, but they also were celebrated as kind of like cuddly, the g- loving. The gentle giant. Yeah. And traditionally, that's how they're thought of. Yeah. And they're expected to be that. And I think they all really do a good job. So it's also wildly popular. And there's a waiting list and a lottery. So it's not just like. Oh, there's a lottery to actually get oh, your child in to cry. Yeah, in to the pay $150 to, or $140. I, I have to admit, I would totally do that. If I were a mother of a one-year-old, I would totally pay. We have weird Texas traditions. I mean, have you, you've seen our homecoming moms. Well, There's a whole are, bunch of yeah, weird things weird. that we do that other people are like, I don't know why and, that mom is bigger than your head. Right. And I'm sure people are paying over 150 bucks for those moms these days. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm if anybody sure is listening it. out there in another country and you've not seen a Texas mom, look for it homecoming. up. <laughs> look it up. There are some ginormous ones. It's out not there. a real flower either. No, it's like a silk flower. It's that a total make-believe flower with hundreds fits. of ribbons and bells and shiny objects. Yeah, and you lights. hang it on the front of you, and it's as heavy as you are. Like it's nuts. Oh, it's so stupid. I ain't going to knock their tradition because we oh, got some neither. weird ones. Uh, oh, I also want to bring up another festival. Oh, please do. And this one is another one. I kept finding pictures of sumo wrestlers with babies, but these babies, they were like kissing on and they looked like far more familiar with these babies. And it's a festival where they bring their own babies to it. So this is called the Yasukuni Sumo Festival or the Honozumo Festival, which is a a family-friendly one-day sumo event competition held mid-April. That's unfortunately canceled this year. And it's a big event with lots of kids and families, and it's also free. So that's one reason why the wrestlers bring their own kids to this festival, is that it's just considered a big family fun time. The wrestlers enter the ring with babies, not always their own, because sometimes they grab somebody else's babies. Oh, I thought they had to have their own child. No, they don't. No, because there's pictures pictures of Kaisei. There's pictures of other professional. These are professional sumo wrestlers, too. This is... Oh, the other one was amateur. amateur and this one's just a professional. These are the people we would recognize. Okay, got it. But they aren't all their own kids. But, uh, but sometimes they are. Yeah, but sometimes they are. Because there was a picture of uh, Yokozuna Haramafuji. Yeah, with his kids. With his kids. And a number of other uh, wrestlers who have their own kids have taken, taken part in this festival. And is it for the same reason? Are they no. doing it to scare evil no, spirits No, I think away? it's because it's like a family-friendly event. And so, so therefore, this is like the one event where everyone's families and kids show up. So that's why I think the it's sumo like, wrestlers bring their kids. It's like a picnic. Yeah. It's like the sumo family picnic. Yeah. The wrestlers bring their own babies into the circle. And sometimes those babies are crying, too, which is just another opportunity to enjoy the same tradition echoed in the other yeah. festival of just happy babies that are 
that are crying because they've got a big spirit. The shrine itself honors those that have died while serving in the um, the Japanese Empire. Uh, so it always starts out with a prayer, but then after that, uh, it starts the fun times, and that begins with the shokiri, which is, have you ever seen that it's a fake comedic demonstration fight of what not to do in sumo, oh, yeah. the, illegal, the illegal moves? Yeah. So that starts, and that's like a hilarious choreographed routine done by two wrestlers. The audience is howling and laughing, and then they really go the distance, you know, leapfrogging, spit takes, all kinds of stuff. And then after that, then they get onto the one-day sumo tournament. And that's kind of what that Fuji one was, where yeah, it's a yeah. one-day tournament. This is kind of the same sort of thing. Okay, so, got that's it. That's another, another festival you might see babies at. I love it. It sounds like so much fun. I wish I could go. Well, maybe we can next year. Yeah, maybe we can. Well, great. Let's do a deep dive. Let's do a deep dive. I want to fangirl this week. I want to totally fangirl because we've just finished the tournament and I know that I am not alone in my admiration of these sumo wrestlers. Maybe all ladies don't love all sumo wrestlers, but I know that these big men can attract some major sex appeal. So I wanted to sort of talk a little bit about sex appeal. Yeah, we've been talking a lot about sports and history. Yeah, but I but think we're it's ladies. important to talk about. Well, I think I'm a fan of the wrestlers, and I think a lot of people are that are into sumo. They're not into like you know logistics of the actual sport as, or maybe some are. Maybe some are, but there's a good amount that are just hardcore fans for Tochinoshin yeah. or Hakaho. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think it's an entryway into sumo. You know, you find one wrestler, you get really interested in them, and then you start learning about sumo. Americans tend to look at sumo wrestlers like they're just a bunch of fat guys. In diapers. I yeah. hate it. Which I hate it. is not true at all. But that is the response that we get a lot from some of our friends who know that we're doing this. We're like, what? I even talked to someone this week who said, why sumo? We both know that sumo wrestlers are amazing, fast, and strong athletes. Incredible athletes. Yeah. And I wanted to, I wanted to remind people of what, at the last Basho, the chairman of the Sumo Association said in his final speech. He said that sumo wrestlers, the body of sumo wrestlers, represent health. And that is one big reason why they're on display. And he talked about how he was so proud that the tournament went on amidst the coronavirus outbreak mm -hmm. because they're symbols of health. And I think it's interesting that Americans don't realize the athleticism and the depths of the training that are involved in this sumo wrestling. I think it has a lot to do with our American cultural problem with fat, right? Oh, yeah, the we're fatter, fat phobic. <laughs> the fatter we get, the more we hate seeing fat people. We think fat people tend to be ugly or self-indulgent, which is not true. Absolutely not true. I think that's such a problem that we have, and it's reflected in all of our society, especially women, but men too. If you are overweight, you are a second-class citizen, and in, in many ways, I, I think it's such a tragedy. So when I hear people in the same way somebody was talking to you, why do you want to watch a bunch of fat people? It, it, it hurts me because we're so stuck in this idea that someone is their physicality. And, and, and what is that? And why do we allow that to happen? Why do we see people as less than a person if they're not in this cookie cutter package that we're supposed to see because that means perfection? It's just bullshit. 
it's weird. It's bizarre. It's just bass backwards. Yeah. But I'm I'm sort of fangirling in this way. One, because sumo wrestlers weren't always known traditionally as the chubby baby-like men that they are today. Like, that's a pretty recent change mm. in sumo physique. Like, some of the earliest traditional ones were not large. Right. Like They're that just warriors and... They exactly. looked a lot different. They were, they were typically, way back when, more wiry, more muscular, right? But what the men are trying to do now is pack on as much weight as possible so that they can move that weight around in the ring, right? Right. They use it for their advantage. Exactly. These guys are eating a lot. They weigh today twice as much as the normal average person does, right? These guys weigh three to 400 pounds rather than 150 to 200. But they're training their bodies to be different from the average male. Every sport creates a different kind of body, just like a runner's body is one way. A swimmer's body is another way. A sumo wrestler body acts differently and packs on muscle and fat differently. I'm going to put in the show notes here, there was a couple of really interesting scientific studies that I came across Mm -hmm. about sumo wrestlers. And one was about fat levels in athletes. This guy studied bodybuilders, sumo wrestlers, and average non-athletic folks. Bodybuilders, as compared to non-athletes, were packing on about 45 extra pounds of muscle. Okay. Sumo wrestlers were packing on 65 pounds of extra muscle as compared to non-athletes. So sumo wrestlers are packing on more muscle than bodybuilders are, but their bodies look differently because of where their fat right. is, is, stored. is stored. Because like, if you look at them from the waist down, their legs are, they're like tree trunks, which is not yeah. necessarily where a lot of the extra weight is. So you can right. see just by looking at their bodies underneath the belly, there is an enormous bodybuilder. Yeah, absolutely. Plus some. So what I found out, people that are termed obese medically store fat as visceral fat. In other words, fat that rests deep in the abdomen. It wraps around vital organs, around your liver, around your pancreas, things like that. Mm, That kind of visceral fat is what causes inflammation. That's why obesity can lead to high blood pressure, uh, type 2 diabetes, heart attacks, things like that. But sumo wrestlers rarely suffer from those kind of symptoms. CT scans reveal that sumo wrestlers just don't have that much visceral fat. They actually store their fat right under their skin. Instead, they have normal levels of triglycerides. They have unexpectedly low levels of cholesterol. Mm. Both Well, of- the Japanese diet in general is a right. much healthier it has to do, diet. It has to do with is. how they eat, but it also has to do with their training. So what scientists think is because they're going through such intense exercise, five hours of training per day, and because they are um, in such a high-impact sport, they think that a sumo wrestler's body is training itself to pack the fat on the outside rather than the visceral organs so that they have extra padding when they run into people. So that's why they look 
chubby because of where their fat is being stored because of their training. Am I making any sense? Yep, absolutely. I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, it's kind of like looking at swimmers who only swim in cold water. They can tend to look a little chubbier as well because their muscle is storing fat around the outside to keep them warm in such training environments. So the sumo training environment actually encourages them that in addition to their diet and how much they're eating and how much they're training is encouraging their bodies to look a certain way. It's a certain athletic stance. Is that the right word? Build. Or build. Thank you. Build. That's a better word for it. I wow, found that interesting. really interesting. Just the science of that. Right. But you know, when they get to be 65 or whenever, maybe that's why they make them retire, is that they do have a shorter lifespan. But I think it's if you continue your, if you continue to maybe eat the way you have all those years that you were training and you maybe don't train in the same way, then it could be problematic. I also found out that the Sumo Association issues a warning to sumo wrestlers who have tested over 38% body fat. So they're really watching the statistics that come from these guys. If they go above 38% body fat, they are forced to lose weight or risk suspension. I wonder when they made that rule, because lots of times when you go and search sumo wrestler, there's this really big picture of a very, very large uh, wrestler named, wait, who was it, Konishiki? He was Hawaiian, and it's that picture of him and the little boy trying to push yeah, him with yeah, his yeah. stomach, but he looks that. massive. Yeah, There's a number of other really large wrestlers, so I, I'm interested to know when they implemented that rule I know that retired sumo wrestlers do change their eating habits because a big part of their training is training to eat so much food. Right. That's well, the hard part of it because right. they don't they don't come in already primed to be able to eat that much. Right. As I understand, you've got to train yourself to eat as many calories as they want you to eat. So after you retire, there's no need to eat that much. So I know that most sumo wrestlers do drop quite a bit of weight after they retire. Some of the pictures of the old Yokozunas, Wakanahana and Takanahana, they were brothers that were sumo wrestlers. Yeah. They're really skinny now. And it's really weird to look at them because I started watching sumo when they were Yokozunas or right about when they were either becoming Yokozuna or they were an Ozeki team. I'm not sure. But they were both brothers that were Yokozunas and they were big. And then now they're, you know... Normal size. Normal size. Well, you even think about Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, he used to do a ton of bodybuilding. He was huge. But it takes so much effort to be able to pack on that muscle and keep it there. You have to train yourself at such a high level. I'm looking at pictures of Wakanahana. Oh, good. That's what he looked, Yokozuna Wakanahana looked like then. Oh, my gosh. And then... Let me do now. Oh, my gosh. That doesn't even look like <laughs> the same man. It is. Yeah. But see, that proves my point. It takes an awful lot of effort and training to maintain the body of a sumo wrestler. And as soon as you stop the training and you stop eating and training that same way, your body will shift and change. So to me... That's a brother. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah. They're so skinny. Right. So the body continues to change depending on what sport you are doing. Right, it does. That is my point. 
really, as I look at these wrestlers, I just go back to, do you remember from science class learning about endomorph, ectomorph, mesomorph bodies? Do you remember that? Yeah, but I always think of it as like the people who have bird legs and then the people who don't. Like, I do not have a bird leg body. Like, no matter what you do, you could put on weight. They'll always have great gams. And then the people Uh, like me who do not. I'm just, I'm all over. I gain weight, like, all over pretty proportionally. Except for my butt. What? Except for my butt. The, the Lord has butt. blessed There's, me with so, the butt. The, with the butt. Well, I, I got long legs. I, I'm the tall, skinny, long, yeah, but you arm, don't, you long don't have leg. That, you don't have that bird bird thing. Well, it's... it. That I believe that's the ectomorph type of person, long and lean. Like ha- that kind of person has really a hard time putting on weight. So like when I think of sumo wrestlers, I think of Hakuho as the long and lean, tall, long arms. Ryuden has this kind of shape yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Like they don't tend to gain weight in their bellies, right? They're kind of big right. all over, right? Oh, okay, so there's yeah. that kind of body of a sumo yes. wrestler. The endomorph is the kind of body that is bigger, that really easily puts on body fat. They're often pear-shaped. So I think of like Ichinojo. Mm-hmm. I think of Kaisei. Uh-huh. Um, bigger guys like that. High tendency to store body fat. The big Bulgarian. Yes, the big Bulgarian. Aoyama. Aoyama. Then there's the mesomorph, the muscular, well-built guys. High metabolism, responsive muscle cells. They put on muscle really fast. Do you have an example of who that might be? Hmm. Oh, Tochinoshin? But he's more pear-shaped. I think he's more pear-shaped. I would say Ishiura. Ishiura. Then who are the people that... I say bird legs, and it's not derogatory. It's always because I always looked at those people, and and I was like, no matter what they do, they're going to be able to wear short shorts for the rest of their life. What I is think that? Those, those I think are those the people, are the ectomorphs. Yeah, but you, you don't... Is that you? Yeah, I think no, I definitely if you had... gained weight, you would not gain it all in your belly. You, you would well, not. Those, those. That's what I'm talking about. Is the people who have really thinking, great, great legs, no matter what. But then they can kind of bulk up in the center. Yeah, I think those are the endomorphs, pear shaped people oh. who tend to gain weight in their centers, oh. not anywhere else. Tokushoryu. Oh. Think of Tokushoryu. Okay. He puts weight on in his belly, but if he lost a lot of weight, he would lose it from his belly. He's not as tall. He doesn't have right. long arms. Hmm. Takakesho is another one like that. Oh. Sumo tends to attract guys with that shape, but it also attracts the other kind of body shapes as well. Mm -hmm. They just do different kinds of sumo, Mm -hmm. right? Enho has a very different body than Tochin Ocean, and they do very different kinds of sumo in response. They just have different ways of putting on weight. And different ways of using their techniques to their advantage due to the body that they were given. Exactly. Which is awesome. That's what I love. And as a fangirl... I think all fangirls have a body type that they love more than one or the other. Like I have, uh, yeah, when I look at these boys, I tend to go, oh, okay, yeah, the tall, skinny ones that put on muscle all over the place, those tend to be more attractive to me. But that's just my personal style. Somebody Mm -hmm. else is going to look for the muscular ones and go, oh, I love Ishiura's buns. He's my man. He does have the best buns in the business. Yeah, yeah. He's the man I'm going to follow. Or everybody has their own 
take on it mm-hmm. and all of these incredibly beautiful bodies that you know are what training I appreciate about it is what? when you watch sumo americans the first thing they do is comment on the physicality and none of these bodies are perfect people have birthmarks you know people are built differently and we did say a couple episodes just about the bathtub and it was in the front of of uh, Shoryu's body because it's so unusual and uh-huh. i think it's such a such a thing for us to comment on the physicality but the japanese don't the only time you hear anybody mention an aspect of the wrestler's body they might call him a bohemoth they might call him the Uh big man but they don't go into the details or the flaws and i i think that's a wonderful thing they've just been like here's a warrior we don't care what the package looks like we just don't. We yeah. only honor his technique and his fighting spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what's so refreshing to me. And also why I think it's so damn hard for Americans to get into sumo is they can't get past their own prejudices about physicality. Yeah. yeah. And I admit I'm one of those people, too. I constantly judge myself. I don't want to say I'm judging other people. It's been a lifetime, though, of being judged or objectified by beauty standards and all this that we're all trained to do this. So I find it very refreshing to not have to talk about the bodies as they're fighting each other. You know, you just talk about the techniques and the strengths and you just don't talk about the imperfections. I love that point you're making. But I also want to say as someone who does appreciate bodies and I notice bodies, I love the sport because I get to see so many different shapes of bodies in motion and at strong the pr- bodies. strong bodies at the peak of their lives. And I don't care what kind of shape they're in. I, there was an interview at some point with some sumo wrestler, I don't even remember who it was, saying how difficult it was for them to put their body on display like it was and to wrestle with next to nothing on. Mm. And I, as I listened to that interview, I thought, what a gift he's giving me to be able to see his body in motion, no matter the size, no matter what it looks like. And I appreciate that as a viewer. And I find that just that sort of vulnerability of mm-hmm. them and incredibly in sexy. Yeah. And I love it in, in slow-mo. slow-mo. You can see the muscles underneath it. You can see that you can see everything working. Yes. And, and that's so what's I, fascinating. I, I appreciate it aesthetically, but I really do think it's sexy. And that's mm-hmm. so strange for it's other strange people for my age people to hear. T- yeah, to understand that. But if you watch it, I think you start to understand and maybe let go a little bit of our American our our, our deals ooh. with with weight. It's deep. It's deep, y'all. It is. It is deep. And I also look at these men and I see dignified men who are highly revered, who are devoting their lives from age 15, 16 to martial arts, who are learning to win and lose with the same kind of response. And and I like it because I'm watching a history kind of unravel in front of my eyes, meaning the ceremony and the, the tradition of it all. I am as as a as a viewer, I get to witness that. And for thousands of years, nobody who could witness it unless you're Japanese and you live in Japan. So I find it really a beautiful thing to be able to be let into this this spiritual uh, sport, really. Yes, and the rituals. That it, that it has. Yes. Did you know a lot of them are already married? I knew a good number of them were, but go ahead. Break my heart. Break your heart. Well, first tell me 
Maybe I should start because there's more of them that are single in the okay. top division. Should I like, married? guess who's yes. married? Okay. Guess. Guess. Okay. Or guess who's single. Oh, guess who's single. Okay. Yes. Guess um, who's single. I think you're going to do well at this. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, is Kaise? Oh, he's the one I don't know about. Oh, okay. I don't know if Kaise um, is single because of that picture with the baby. I don't know if that's his or someone else's baby. I don't know. I have not seen anywhere where he is married, so I think he's single. Well, I know Taki But you like his show. eyes. What do you like about Kaise? Oh, I think he just seems so sweet. He does seem He really just sweet. seems like a big old sweet teddy bear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like him. Uh, Ikioi? Ikioi. Ikioi is married. What? Yes. No. I mean, interesting. Wait, wait, wait. I don't want to tell you the wrong thing. I'm giving you randoms. Maybe I should go for... No, maybe no, I'll go no. for the young guys. Oh, shoot. I didn't find Ikioi. Dang, you've asked me two people who are not on I my list. You. Okay, Takakesho. Takakesho, single. Ding, 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 ding. Ding, ding, ding. He's available. Endo? Married. What? Yes. Oh, how about... Inho, he's young. Inho, ding, 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 single. available. Uh, di- okay, he's Inho's single. Perfect. And I have to say, at the outset, this all came from Wikipedia because all I did was like I typed in a sumo wrestler's name and I went to personal history, family, and, and it's like, have oh, great, what? yeah. So uh, this or social media, this is where I'm getting all my info. So I apologize if any of this is incorrect. I don't know how many of our listeners are fact checking us, so. <laughs> We'll appreciate it if, if you don't, uh, and just take our word for it. Tokoshoryu. Tokoshoryu. Married. Really? Yeah, married in 2016. Oh, how nice. Wedding reception 2017. Now, I know who, I know Tochi Notion's married. Yes, and one daughter. Kids. Yeah, and I know Hakaho yep. and Kakaru. They're married. The big yes. guys. Yes, Not Kakadu. Ozeki, a former Ozeki Takayasu, but he soon will be married. Actually, where did, did I they, see this? Did they separate? No, Do no, I have no. a chance? No, <laughs> they did not Damn separate. It. But I know he's engaged. And yes. you know who, too. She's a folk singer. And yeah. he's a great singer. So they're going to live a happy life making music together. It's very sweet. I know. You can just see that, can't you? Them singing around a campfire yes. or something. Do they yes. have campfires in Japan? Of course they have campfires okay. in Japan. <laughs> they have <laughs> fire. <laughs> but do they make s'mores? They probably don't make s'mores. What do they do around? No, they do a lot of kooky things that we do. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Kota Shogiku is married, right? Kota Shogiku? I believe he I is. I think he is. Ishiura? Yes, yes, yes. Ishiura, yes, married to a nursery school teacher. How cute is that? Oh, you know what? I do remember that Endo is married because he's married to a commoner and he won't reveal her. That's right. He won't tell anybody. They married in secret. Oh, I love it. It's scandal. I know. So nobody knows who she is. Nobody knows and he refuses to tell anyone. Oh, I love it. I know. She's just like a like a regular normal person that probably has a normal person job. Like a librarian somewhere. Yeah, like a teacher or something. Lucky catch. Uh, yeah. Good for okay, her. Okay, what do you think? Shodai. Good for him, too. She might be That's really right. incredible. What about Shodai? Married or single? Oh. Married? No. He's single? He's single. I got a shot. That's right. I got a shot, guys. Um, uh, Tamawashi's married because yes. he has kids. Yes. And I want to know more about his baking. Is he a bread baker? No, I think or he does sweets pastries and sweets. I think he's What's more of a specialty? Sweet. Cupcakes and cookies. Oh, no wonder he's your dream boat. <laughs> <laughs> because... We could just bake together. Me and then him and his mawashi. <laughs> 
He is like the Japanese Paul Hollywood. He really is. I love Tamawashi. Oh. I'm always cheering him on. Ever since I saw that video of him and making delectable sweets, I was like, I love this guy. Oh. Okay, Aoyama. Go away to... Oh. Aoyama? I'm guessing single. Married. Really? Yes. Married to Violetta, an architect. Oh, you know what? Did did he, he ended up girl? Did he end up marrying somebody who was he's he's a no Kaisei's Brazilian he's Bulgarian Bulgarian yeah they're and, and both? Hakaho Hakaho and Kakadu married no did he marry Hakaho, a Mongo- no Mongolian? Hakaho married a Japanese woman okay Kakadu married a Mongolian, a Mongolian woman mm-hmm. okay the two kiddos yeah because Tochinoshin married a Georgian woman right she was Toch- from Georgia yeah Toch Tochi actually I don't know I don't think she's his wife how about Ryudin? I think he's single. <gasps> yes, he is. I think Avi, I think he's highly attractive. Oh, I do too. I've always liked him. He looks like a boyfriend I used to have. Do, oh, really? Bit, well, no wonder bit. you would find him attractive. Yeah. Then. No, I'm mixing. No, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. I was pic- picturing uh, Kagayaki. Kagayaki looks kind of like a guy I used to oh, date. Oh, really? Yeah. He was always kind of grumpy and <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then I like mind. Kagayaki. He's probably really not grumpy, but he just his persona is grumpy. Oh, I got it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Abby? He's single. He's mm-hmm. a wild child. He'll never settle down. <laughs> okay, Chiomaru. He's single. You're right. But he's very popular. He's very popular. Female sumo fan. I know. And it's so fun because he has like this beautiful round head and, and that's what people love to celebrate him. Yep. With his, his pictures of him and his, and his perfectly round head. <laughs> And body. And body. Yeah. yeah. There's there's so much more. So much more, but I'm going to stop there. There are Japanese magazines dedicated, I'm sure, to just the <gasps> the lives of sumo wrestlers. Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be fun to get our hands on one? Yeah, I need to figure out how. Oh, my God. I'll admit, I have been trying to find social media that leads me just to those sites. And I found some, but a lot of them are in kanji. And I can't exactly read that easily or translate it or kind of go follow those leads as easily as I could have if it was in English. Yeah. So I'm hoping that there's like a People magazine or Teen Beat that's oh my just God. for sumo wrestlers. <laughs> if so, please Tiger let me know. Beat. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I will like to say, maybe I should bring this up now. I enjoyed so much the social media from the last tournament. Oh my God, me too. Mostly because of the bento boxes. Yes. I am fascinated with bento boxes. I have many of my own. We're totally, I'm just going to put it out there, looking for a bento box sponsor. (laughs) I will give you the best commercial every single week for bento box but all the bento boxes that were made for the sumo wrestlers i could have they were I, so impressive they were so impressive and i could have read every magazine or blog that was dedicated to bento boxes of the sumo wrestlers that might have to be our next episode maybe i don't know if you could do a whole <laughs> can you episode make an episode? bento boxes i mean maybe i can but how the wrestlers eat and how they prepare yeah. their little snack packs but if i find myself at one o'clock in the morning going down a sumo rabbit hole it's usually one that's more like that i'm like what it's is about bento she put in his bento box hmm. what does oh who made they a... were some big old bento boxes. yeah i mean they were like the size of pizzas weren't and they, they were some of so them? creative and well put together i love a bento box uh, good my bento friend box. don don uh shout out don don uh she's in japan 
And I met her 20-something years ago. She's the sweetest. But she takes pictures of her bento boxes that she makes for her kids. And they're so good. They're so good. They're like little, she makes, I don't know, hot dogs into flowers, tomatoes into like little <laughs> baskets. I don't know how she did in little shapes. And I don't know how she does it. Yeah, we need to learn how to do this. We do. It's kind of so, like those people that decorate their fruit. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. those people. Yeah. Make flowers out of watermelons and stuff. Yeah, so hit us up, bento box people. Yeah, please. We're waiting. Our last segment is inspired by our listeners. Thank you all for giving us all the love and all the downloads. We thank you so much for spreading the word about us. We appreciate it. I've got a question for you from Will Nunziata from New York City. And by the way, for all my old friends that are there, you all are in our hearts and our minds, and we send good vibes your way. I'm thinking of you guys. And Laurie has some old friends there, too, I'm sure. Absolutely. Stay safe. Stay indoors. Yes. All right. So Will asks, who is the most punk rock wrestler, the bad boy of sumo, the wrestler who breaks all the rules Ooh, we already know yeah well although and he's single he's, he's single. single it's obby obby might be the rebel he's definitely a feisty fighter he has a brutal slapping game going and they actually banned all social media for all of the sumo wrestlers because of one of his posts on instagram he's a rule breaker to the end and like i said he fights like a street fighter with just rapid fire slaps to the neck and the face so i'd have to say <laughs> it's obby all right also patrick welty he asked How old is too old for a sumo wrestler? And do they develop knee problems? And do the professionals actually eat healthy? And I'd say that they age out mostly in their mid-30s. Hakaho and Kakaru around 34. About right now, some wrestlers are 35, 36. Oh, who's 36? Who's slightly older than they are? Anyway, there's a couple. They usually retire somewhere around that mid-30s. Many of the wrestlers, though, that are competing in their prime or in their 20s, 23, 24. In Takakesha, like 23, 24, 25, somewhere in there, Mm -hmm. up to 28. And then, yeah, like I said, the the injuries are really brutal. And that usually takes them out by their mid-30s. And yes, hell yes on the knee problems. They do so much work with their knees and pushing that yeah just that's part of what fascinated me about the sport of sumo and yes they do eat healthy they don't eat like americans eat yes they enjoy hamburgers and that sort of thing like they have that there too but they eat chankonabe which is a stew of vegetables a protein rice and they love their beer so not like our french fry diet over here Hope that answered some of your questions for you. Thank you so much. And we uh, always love the questions. So keep them coming. Find us on social media and let us know. That is right. Connect up with us. Comment. Tell your friends. Feel free to ask us anything about Sumo. We'll do our best to get down to the bottom of it or find somebody else who can. So until later, thanks for listening. I am Laurie. And I am Leslie of of Sumo Sumo Kaboom. Kaboom. See y'all later. Sayonara. Sayonara.